0: Hey folks, welcome to episode 114 of the FAB podcast in Benton, Kentucky. I'm Jody White in Hopkins, Minnesota. I'm joined by the one and only Kyle Wood.
1: Hey, hey. Kyle,
0: how's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. How you doing? uh no complaints not in california though so i guess that's a complaint that's,
1: that's true yeah that's true that's,
0: that's that's a bummer i would prefer to be in california um other than that no it's all good um as far as what we got going this week we uh we're going to start off we've got an interview that i did just a little while ago with andrew loberg of uh chico state he's headed out to fish in the college fishing national championship a couple weeks from now in lake Keeley. Uh we talked Kiwi. we talked a variety, of, a variety of subjects. Um, then in our actual news topics, uh, we'll go over the Coast FLW Series event at Sam Rayburn. Uh, uh, sort of preview the College Fishing National Championship a tick. Uh, we have a, a couple news-related notes, a couple of emails, um, two BFLs to go over, six BFLs to at least think about previewing, and uh, then Kyle and I will probably chat about fishing a little more. Uh, we'll do our usual, uh, social media related stuff and we'll be out of here. Sound like a plan, bud?
1: Sounds awesome.
0: All right. Well, without further ado, here is Andrew Loberg. And now we're joined by Andrew Loberg of Chico State. Uh, Andrew's, Andrew and, uh, Travis Bounds are qualified to fish the upcoming college fishing national championship on Kiwi and, uh. Andrew kind of has, he's done a tremendous amount of fishing, and, man, that's pretty much my first question. Can you kind of get into how you've ended up fishing so much and what you've fished? Because you've fished uh, FLW series events from when you were in high school and you've fished high school stuff and uh, you name it. You've pretty much fished it if FLW runs it and it's on the West Coast.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been fishing, you know, since I was really young. Um I've been growing up, you know, with my dad and you know all my uncles, my grandpa. You know, I've just been around the sport, you know, for so long and I've just gotten into it. Um especially with tournament fishing. You know, I love the competitive side of it. Um you know, when I get a chance to go out, you know, and you know even fun fish, you know, I'll go out there and do it. Um but yeah, like you said, you know, I started um me and Travis, my partner, we started fishing, you know, together in high school. Um, fishing for the FLW high school uh, deal. And then uh, we started fishing, you know, as a co too, for, you know, some of the um, FLW events out here on the West. And, you know, the cool thing about, you know, growing up here in Northern California, is just how versatile it really is. Um, you know, growing up, I've, you know, living in the Sacramento region, you know, I have the California Delta, you know, tidal river system. Um, and then I have, you know, clear lake, you know, big largemouth, you know, same with the delta. Um, and then I also have, you know, some of the best spotted bass fisheries in my backyard, like Oroville, Lake Shasta, you know, and a lot of other smaller fisheries, you know, that have, you know, all these great species of, you know, forage and, you know, largemouth, smallmouth, and spotted bass. So it made it really easy, you know, to adapt to, you know, a lot of different lakes so that I could you know go back east or you know go to any other lake and break it down a lot easier and um you know just get it done so
0: all right cool when you when you started out in tournament fishing i assume the rest of your family uh was into that but is there anything else you fish for because in my mind like when i think of the west coast i think of the bass fishing for sure but you've got like steelhead and you've got the oceans right there and there's all sorts of other possibilities i guess
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, I haven't really gotten into the whole ocean deal yet, um, you, you know, but um, I have, we have the Sacramento River, you know, the Feather River, the American River, and I fish for steelhead and salmon. Um, we have some of the best runs that come in through the ocean, you know, for those fish to come up to spawn. And, uh, you know, just growing up around all that, you know, just, just makes you, you know, makes you want to get outdoors and, you know, go out fishing. Um, you know, and every, and everyone out here, you know, it's a, it's a real you know, it's a small, um, you know, small click and, you know, a lot of people are there to help you out and figure things out. Cause you know, my family, we weren't really, you know, really big into the whole steelhead and salmon and other species, you know, besides bass fishing. But, you know, with, with, you know, being that, you know, I could go to a lot of guys that I know and Hey, let's go steelhead, let's go salmon fishing. Um, you know, go up in the mountains, go trout fishing, you know, there's so many opportunities that we have out here to make you, you know, a better fishermen. And, uh, it really is, you know, a, a wonderful place to be at, um, you know, if you like the outdoors.
0: Cool. Do you have, uh, do you have a favorite memory from, uh, whether it's college or high school or one of your tournaments? I mean, heck, it could be even like a team tournament you fished with your dad or something like that.
2: Um... I'd say, I'd say, you know, that, that last tournament up, up at Clear Lake that, you know, Travis and I won um, for the, the Western Regional. That, I feel like that one was pretty special to me, you know, because, you know, we did figure them out really well and, you know, kind of just all came together, um, you know, because I've fished that lake so much and I've had so many opportunities to win that, you know, win a tournament out there and the college fishing side um, that I just couldn't close out. But, you know, that last one was pretty, pretty memorable and um you know Travis and I we both had a great time fishing that you know tournament um and that time of year um but I mean most you know most tournaments and you know most times I fish with my dad you know and also my grandpa you know we've you know it's most of most all of it's pretty memorable and you know it's that's one thing about bass fishing is how close you become you know with um you know other people you know that are getting into the sport and also you know with your family um so,
0: yeah, for sure, and I mean, you guys, you guys had a really, really good tournament that one. You caught, you know, in that conference championship, you caught like seventeen, eighteen the first day, and you caught like twenty something the second day. And I mean, the fishing was mm-hmm. good, and it was. It, I mean, you had a you had a good you had some cushion. and I'm sure you sort of had an idea that you might win when you were going in, but at the same time, it's clear like it had to have been a pretty fun tournament to. To end up in, because it yeah. was you know competitive.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know the bite the bite was a little tricky. You know when we fished that tournament, um, like you were saying, you know we did have seventeen or eighteen pounds the first day, and you know going into the second day, um, you know we needed, you know if we if we we felt like if we had the same you know amount. You know, going in, you know, the last day, and then you know, maybe upgrade a little bit better. We might have a chance, but you know, it's Clear Lake, and anything can happen. And twenty-five and thirty-pound bags are very, very common at Clear Lake. So, you know, it's it's always in the back of your mind that you know some of those some of those guys, you know, out, you know, fishing that same tournament, you know, they could get into a school of them or, you know, luck into a big one. But it was it was good that you know we came out on top, and it was pretty fun.
0: All right, so uh, getting on toward Kiwi here, which is the a mm-hmm. little bit of the focus here. You've got, you've actually, you're probably one of the few guys who has some experience on Kiwi and is not, you know, an absolute local, because you fished the national championship when it was there last time. Can you kind of, mm-hmm. and you made the top five. I mean, you finished. You guys, you guys for fishing for Chico finished in fifth. Can you uh, kind of give me the rundown of? what uh, uh as much as you want i suppose of what happened in that tournament and what you and, and what you took out of that
2: yeah i mean uh you know when my older partner nick and i we went back there we uh you know it's a spotted bass fishery um it's just, you know a little bit smaller reservoir than a lot of lakes around that area um and when we fished it two years ago it was i believe in february and they were you know pre-spawn fish So we wanted to target those spotted bass and, you know, being from around, you know, this area in California, you know, we're pretty comfortable, you know, targeting spotted bass and how they, you know, function and, you know, where they move, things like that. So, you know, going into that tournament, we knew that, you know, those fish were going to be staging. They were thinking about moving up, you know, depending on weather. You know, we had that in the back of our mind. So, you know, what we did was, you know, focus on, you know, where those fish, you know, would be at prior to spawning. Um, you know, so we, we looked at it, you know, looked on Google maps and figured out some points and some, uh, and some creek channels for that. Those fish would, you know, be positioning at, you know, depending on the weather, if they're going to move up or move back out, um, you know, and it, and it helps a lot to, um, you know, bring in a lot of baits that we throw out here that a lot of guys don't throw out there. Um, so you know, we kind of had our own, you know, versatility and our own um, confidence baits that we use out here, and we brought those back there, and uh, you know, they definitely, they definitely liked those. So, uh, um,
0: yeah, good. I'm that. sure you'll be bringing them back with you again this time too. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, we we kind of just did what you know what we would do out here. But you know, a lot of guys say that, um, you know spotted bass fisheries are similar you know to out here but in reality you know they, they are a lot different because you know we don't have the blueback herring deal um a lot of lakes back there don't have as much um mm-hmm. offshore structure it seems to be like you know back east you know spotted bass fisheries there's a lot of you know cut down tree stumps and trees out you know deep but out here you know we have a lot of rock and um you know points and things like that so it was a little tricky figuring the lake out the first day of practice, but you know, we found some trees and stumps and stuff out deep that we could focus on to where those fish would move up to feed or move back out. But, you know, we, we kind of just, you know, played the tournament as, you know, just, you know, fish, you know, how we want to fish and just fish, you know, fish in the moment and figure it out from there because, you know, we had some crazy weather that tournament don't, you know, going in the first day of the tournament, we had a big storm. And the next day, you know, got sunny, then another storm. So, you know, weather definitely plays a big part. You know, especially this time of year when they're thinking about spawning, and you know, with the moon phase and everything.
0: All right, um, kind of the same plan this time around. Have you thought about it at all? I know the weather in general has been pretty warm this year. There's a pretty good chance the fish are a little further further along. I mean, the last one, it was, uh, it started, it was March sixth, I believe. And so real early okay. March, and then this one is sort of pretty much mid-March.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to have the same, you know, similar deal, you know, of an approach. Um, you know, but I think, you know, for myself, I kind of want to target, you know, some of the largemouths. I know there's some big largemouths in that lake. You know, being that it is a little bit later March, those fish might, you know, move up a little bit, and, you know, those largemouths might be a little more active. Um, But, you know, we have two days of practice, you know, obviously haven't fished the lake in two years. So hopefully, you know, we can put a game plan together and, you know, focus on, you know, a region of the lake and, you know, just break it down from there. And, you know, especially going to a new lake or, you know, somewhere you haven't really been in a while, you know, a lot of people get flustered and, you know, have, you know, 50 rods on the deck and, you know, wanting to use so many different baits, but, you know, Trav and I, we're gonna be, you know, sticking, you know, to a few different baits, and you know, just sticking to our guns and what we know, you know, that we do out here, and uh, you know, just just get after it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping some of the largemouth move up, um, that we could, you know, focus on. Um, but there's some big spotted bass in that lake, and definitely it could be one just spotted bass only. So,
0: yeah, it seems like a, I mean that the spotted bass might lend themselves a little more to being consistent which mm-hmm. in a three-day tournament, that can be really important uh, because you don't exactly. want to, you know, having, a, having a bad day in that type of event can sink you no matter how well you do the subsequent days sometimes. Uh,
2: yeah, exactly. And, you know, especially with this time of year, you know, in March, I mean, the weather could change, you know, in a heartbeat, you know, and those fish can move, you know. This time of year is, you know, super tricky with, you know, weather, moon phase, and, you know, especially spotted bass that move around so much. So, you know, we're definitely going to be targeting those spotted bass, but, um, you know, hoping to find the, you know, a little largemouth bite, you know, to get a kicker, you know, every day. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, you don't want to get behind after the first day, you know, because you got you got some ground to make up for the second.
0: Cool. What's your what's your status as far as uh, continuing rec- your career here are you are you in i know you've been doing this for a while are you in your last year of school do you have a little bit left um are we going to be seeing you competing on the boater side uh out west here soon what's what's the word
2: yeah so um this is my last semester of uh you know being at chico state um but you know my plan after you know after college is you know i really want to try to pursue this as you know as a living i want i really want to try to become a professional bass fisherman so, you know, with the opportunities that FLW, you know, has given us West Coast Anglers and the Costa Series, you know, I, I'm, I'm really going to try to, you know, fish the Costa Series next year, to try and qualify, you know, um, for the tour and stuff. So, you know, after college, you know, that's that's going to be one of my main goals is trying to figure out a way to, you know, fish professionally and, um, you know, and make a living at it. Um, you know, that's that's the main goal.
0: Well, that would – that. I mean, that's a goal a lot of college anglers have and it'd be mm-hmm. really cool to it'd be really cool to see someone from out west accomplish that cuz that I can recall not many people first of all not many guys have done it period cuz the transition to go, going from college fishing to going to uh the pro level to fishing on tour is a steep one. Um but it yeah. it seems, you know, I th- I think it's probably even harder for you to pull it off and that's that'd be a really cool thing to see actually happen. I would love that.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, especially being in college, it's not like, you know, a lot of college anglers have a large income, and you know, during college and, you know, trying to get a job after college. But, you know, I have, you know, a lot of connections, you know, you know, sort of in the industry, you know, but, you know, with FLW and the Costa, you know, the Costa series, you know, it helps definitely having, you know, a tournament that big out here uh to you know to help people like myself and a lot of anglers out here to try to you know make it back east and do it and you know one of the trickiest parts about making the tour and being successful is just is basically just learning the lakes you know back east and because there's not a lot of fisheries here a lot of there's not a lot of tournaments that really you know come out west you know big tournaments tour tournaments come out west so um, you know, that's where a lot of people fall is, you know, they make it on tour and they do, you know, halfway decent back there, but it's just hard to sustain a decent living. So, um, you know, being, you know, that I have fish, you know, Chasta, Clear Lake, the Delta, and, you know, a lot of the tournaments up the Costa series, you know, fish, you know, I feel like, you know, with my knowledge and, you know, you know, I feel like I could do decently well, but, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, I have a degree, you'll have a degree in crop science and, you know, I have a passion for agriculture, so you know it, it's going to be an interesting next few years. So I'm I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've got, uh, I would say, a pretty good fallback. And then,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you definitely, I think of the if you if you just look at the results over you know over time of who the college guys have been at West, you're certainly as well equipped as any to uh, to mm-hmm. make the jump for sure. Um. Mm-hmm. That I guess that's another question I have. You've mm-hmm. when you, what, are, what are some of the what what are some of the bigger challenges of coming to fish back east? Is it is it trying to figure out the lake, or can you, based on your experience fishing around Northern California and then internet research, can you get yourself at least close enough to get on it and not feel totally lost? Or is it just the travel and having to schlep two or three times? as far as anyone else in the field had to drive what's the yeah i mean
2: it's it's really it's really a lot of those you know all combined because you know a lot of these tournaments you know are in the south Carolina, alabama georgia region you know the national championships that i've fished and you know we drive you know 25 to 2800 miles you know one way out there you know and we have a you know three hour time zone difference you know so we you know so it's a lot different but you know, basically, the thing for us is is just breaking down the lake and you know trying to figure out you know a good pattern. And it always seems like, you know, you figure it out during the tournament, you know, because you have those days of practice and you really, you know, you, you try to figure something out. But during tournament, you, you know, you you try to really get on them. But you know, it's just um, the biggest thing about. You know, traveling back east and, you know, fishing these tournaments that, you know, and these lakes that I've never fished is, is really patterning them out and, you know, figuring out the forage that they eat because, you know, there is a lot of forage that we, you know, that we have that they don't have and that, you know, back east that they have and we don't have, you know, especially, uh, the blueback herring lakes. That's a, that's a tricky one. I haven't really figured that one out yet. Um, but, but the travel, you know, the patterning the lake, and just seeing the whole lake, you know, they all they all play an effect, and and uh, being from out west, you know, we've been in a, a drought for a long time, and water fluctuation isn't a very big deal. But you know, being that there's an abundance of water and rain, you know, you don't see those uh, ad- adaptations and stuff back there like you do out here, like. don't see the big weather changes two or three weeks in advance or prior to the tournament so you know when we go out on a lake that we haven't seen you know the you know the lake could be full you know there could be you know high sun um you know all these different factors but two weeks ago it could have been snowing and you know low water or something like that so we so it's hard to figure out where the fish have been and where they're going is basically one of the biggest issues that we have okay um
0: yeah, that that makes that makes sense because not only are you dealt an unfamiliar lake, but to not to not know for sure what the weather patterns have been ahead of time, and to not yeah exactly. to not just, it's just it's get to just knowing, to it's get
2: just knowing it. the area and you know where you've been.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, then, having been to uh, Kiwi before, I mean, hopefully that'll end up giving you a big leg up this time around because.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, 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 know the lake a little bit, you know, especially look on our map. Um, you know, we've obviously fished it. So, you know, I know a few areas that those fish are going to be at. I've been look at, I've been looking at the weather, um, in Seneca, California or Seneca, South Carolina, the last few, um, weeks. So, you know, I'm just trying to put a game plan together, of, you know, what those fish could be doing, um, you know, prior to our tournament. So <clears throat> I'm pretty excited, you know, to go back there. We're leaving next Friday um, towing out there. Um, so it should be, it should be a lot of fun and, you know, excited to get on the lake and, you know, check it out.
0: Cool. Well, I tell you what, man, thanks so much for uh, taking the time and mm-hmm. coming on. Um, it's a pleasure talking to you and best of luck out there. I hope you got, I hope you and Travis can, uh, dial them in and catch them big. And, uh, I, I would love to see a Western team in contention on the final day because it's, it's overdue. I think that, a Western yeah. team, um makes a run at this. We've been to so many like we've been to a lot of lakes for the FLW national championship mm-hmm. that I I would say had really good potential like Beaver Lake and Kiwi and now Kiwi again where mm-hmm. a Western team could do really really well. It's not like putting it on Gunnersville or Pickwick or something like that. So hopefully Yeah, works out. exactly.
2: Yeah, I mean yeah, we're really excited to get out there and you know we've we've got everything that we need, you know, to do well, you know, we just got to put them in a boat and, you know, hopefully we could represent, you know, the West Coast um, and bring, you know, bring home, a, bring home the W.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, is there anything along the way um, where people should, uh, whether they should follow you, uh, follow Chico State, follow Travis, any, anything like that where people should get on the internet and go look you guys up?
2: Yeah, Travis and I, we're going to be posting a bunch of videos and uh, photos and stuff on our Facebook pages. Um, We also have a uh, Chico State Bass Team
0: um,
2: Facebook page as well um, for everyone to check out and see, you know, what we're doing, you know, around our area and, you know, where we're going to be traveling and what terms we have in advance
3: um, and how to get
2: involved, you know, in uh, in college bass fishing because it really is a great opportunity, you know, for anglers in college, um, you know, to have a low budget that can, you know, that can you know fish and want to do it um in college so yeah so we have you know facebook pages and instagrams and you know things like that so you know just check us out you know andrew loberg and travis bounds on facebook and uh you know you could see uh see see us on the road and um see what we've been doing you know during pre-fish and you know during the tournament so it should be a fun time
0: all right and you're your A Lowberg sixty three, uh, or six thirty rather, on yeah. Instagram. And yeah, yeah, my it's yeah. And then uh, mm. T Bounds twenty eight. Yep. Which, Hopefully you guys can uh, go find that out and give them a follow. You'll for sure see some really big California fish at some point in time, which is never a bad thing. Um, yeah. But man, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time and uh, good luck and I guess most of all, safe drive because that's a long way yeah. to go. Uh, yeah, but,
2: it's going to be a long drive, uh, so it should be a lot of fun, though, I appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks a bunch. So, Kyle, the uh, first thing on our agenda here, obviously you guys just listened to a beautiful interview, uh, well, maybe not beautiful, it's not visually stunning or anything, but <laughs> a uh, nice interview with Andrew Loberg, uh, and hopefully uh, learned a little something, but we're going to go and go down to Texas, where everything is bigger, and uh, talk Sam Rayburn and this is an interesting one because day one was done w- when we were recording. We were recording on day two, and yep. I feel like we're going to sound pretty stupid because both you and I were like, oh, yeah, day one leader, he's feeling good. And Now I don't remember his name, and I'm not sure he made the top ten. <laughs> he
1: he did. Uh, Chris Wilson. <laughs> All right. He, he finished fourth, so that, that big bag on day one carried him through. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought the same thing <laughs> after – after weighing on day two, I was like, "Man, what what do I know though? You know, I'm just a guy sitting at a computer."
0: Yeah, may, I mean, we, you can only prognosticate so much when you're writing exactly. these. When you're writing these stories, and I'm sure David Brown had some beautiful lines in there, and it just uh, didn't end up happening.
1: No, it didn't. But it did happen. For Ricky Guy, of yeah, humble Texas,
0: did. sounds like a cool place. Uh, I'm fine with it. I've, I I dig it.
1: Yeah, he uh man, he crushed him first two days. Twenty five pounds eight ounces day one. Twenty four pounds four ounces day two. Uh, final day got a little tougher for him, and I think he only weighed like eleven pounds. Eleven seven. Eleven seven. Yeah. So I gave him a. Grand total of sixty-one three, uh, which was enough to win. He won by almost two pounds, uh, eleven or one eleven, something like that. So, not a bad, you know, margin of victory. Took home a cool ninety-five thousand. Not bad either for three days of fishing. If you're asking me.
0: Yeah, no and, doubt. Um, he, I, I don't want to say he got lucky, um, but I, I, the final day, a lot of guys failed to. Uh, make a charge. Yep. Although, honestly, that's kind of been the story of the season so far, is that the final day at Okeechobee, nobody pressured Lambert. Uh, yep. The final day at Shasta, nobody pressured uh, Gutierrez. And here we have, it. you know, the guy up, going into the last day. No, nah, Not so much.
1: Well, I guess, like, the only... It, Lendell it Martin was...
0: Jr. had a big yeah, day, right? Yeah, he cracked him. Yeah, but he, he caught... was 10 pounds back.
1: That's true. But That's, I guess uh, it probably would have been more exciting. I, I didn't watch the weigh-in on Saturday. Um, but if I was Ricky Guy and I was looking in Lendell Barton's bag, I would have been like, Woo! Oh, boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, it for sure would have been concerning, I would say. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it was a, it was an interesting tournament to follow from that perspective of it seemed like a lot of different things were going on mm-hmm. to me, anyhow. And... It was, not, it was not an easy tournament on Sam Rayburn. It didn't seem like guys were just going out and catching fish, if that makes sense.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, guys were pretty dialed in on, like, the exact stuff they were fishing, or um, it was also kind of one of those classic spring tournaments where um, so the weather was warm before the event, before the tournament took place, it was warm. Then in practice, uh, it kind of started to cool off. And there were a bunch of fish up ready to spawn. And it sounds like a very large concentration of fish were like, eh, I don't really want to spawn, but I'm kind of up here, so I think I'll just, like, hang out by this bush. Or uh, there were still fish staging to spawn in those, you know, those classic ditches in the grass or the drains that you hear a lot about on Rayburn. Drains. Uh, Yeah, so they they got piled up pretty good, and that's why some of those guys went to whooping on them for the first couple days. That cool front really took its toll on the third day of competition, which is why you saw weights um, slump a little bit. But all in all, pretty decent tournament, I guess. Uh, so I cover – or I didn't cover the tournament. I I edited – I read all the stories and everything, uh, so I was more involved than I normally would be um, you know, from afar. So what I want to ask you, Jody, is what was your take from Rayburn – Uh, you know, just being a regular old Joe.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I will admit, FLA Fishing, awesome place to, uh, hang out. I did not read every inch of every article for this tournament, which is unusual for me. Usually I do. Uh, I've been there. One of my big takeaways was Ray Hanselman did not win. Um, (laughs) yes. So the streak, the streak is over unfortunately.
1: Sadly, yes.
0: Uh, Ray Hanselman, as I'm sure you know, uh, won all three Texas Division events last year and the championship. Uh, the Texas Division, now the Southwestern Division, just could not quite make it happen. Um, not that he had a bad tournament. He did, he did pretty good. No, yeah, he did. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say I was kind of surprised I wasn't surprised, necessarily, because McCall didn't do badly. But I thought when I saw he had 24, I was like, oh, man, he's going to do it. He's going to just keep catching them. I mm-hmm. thought he was going to win. Because he was due to win again there. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm also really interested in the fact that Russell Cecil appears to have taken all of Todd Castledine's mojo for himself. Yeah, right? Um, I don't really know what's happened there. I no, Russell Cecil's are really good, obviously, but that's that's curious to me. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was a cool it was kind of a cool tournament because there seemed like a variety of different things. Um, unfortunately, our on the water guys really just had bad luck as far as getting on guys who were catching big fish. I don't think we got probably a fish catch over like three or four pounds the whole tournament.
1: Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't meant to be,
0: um, which is a bummer. But it that's what happens sometimes you know you can't you can't nail them all all. yeah yeah um also i put a video up on instagram of a ricky guy uh loot catching a catching a fish and his co-angler going after it and i tell you what people are fired up about that they're all about it's just a very intense co-angler sequence so that was
1: (laughs) that co-angler uh Man, he was into it. He's, like, all those fish catches on the yeah, final Yeah, every day, one of them. He was no messing frenzied. Around. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was going after it. So that was that was kind of interesting to, to uh, see. But I, I thought it was a good tournament. Good kickoff. And definitely going from the Texas division to the Southwestern division and kind of including Oklahoma in there, that must that helped numbers. It must have. because Oh, for sure. I mean, for we sure. had 200 boats in this tournament. Or like 202 or something like that, which you don't see – in you basically never saw in the Texas division. Right. And right. that's a big deal. Well not, that's a deal. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's good to see not just a full field but fifty plus over and to blow by that. And I expect honestly that those numbers will hang out pretty uh pretty similar. Yeah, I would I would think so. Um on that note though, Denny uh, Danny Brower, thirteenth, um, pretty good. Gerald Spore, FLW tour rookie. Um, ended up 14th uh, and there was one other guy who I I, I wanted to I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not 100% but I'm pretty sure that well, maybe he didn't fish it I thought Hallman fished this tournament he did oh yeah 71st caught 13 the first day 13 11 the second day consistent yeah that's for sure and I mean there were some big names who were down pretty low uh, hey, he, yeah. beat, he beat Todd Castledine. He beat Tommy Biffle. He yeah. beat Randy Blockett. He beat Jim Tuck. Um But, you know, it was in, he's obviously Bradley Holman, perhaps not, as he predicted, not just going to be invincible the rest of the season.
1: Right, until uh, they go to Grand Lake.
0: And then, oh, look out. Then
1: hogs everywhere.
0: Yeah. And I'm really excited. So the next... Uh, Southwestern Division event, Grand Lake, April 7th. It's two days before my sister's birthday, by the way. Uh, And then Fort Gibson, September 29th. So we're going to have one real quick and then a big, long layoff. But that Grand Lake event should be prime time.
1: Oh, that should be a cool one, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Especially if the water gets up and there's like a little bush action going on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Which would be ideal. And I'm covering that one, which ultra stoked about um but yeah so that should be fun and uh next yeah next week is the flw series event on yeah it is next week yeah uh, it's the Coop. flw series southeastern event division event on santee cooper so that'll be a blast mm-hmm. um i guess the, the next thing that we want to co- cover oh we want to cover the coast of challenge Which is Ah, what I call him. Yes. Kyle, you win again. Um, You had Todd Castledine, Dickie Newberry, and Chris McCall. They booked you 81st, 15th, and 5th for an average of 33.6. Ray Hanselman was a very good first-round pick for me. He finished 16th. Steven Johnston, Rich Dalby, not so much. Um, Hmm. But it is what it is, I suppose. Although you're up three nothing now, so it might be just over. No, <laughs> no. I was gonna say I think,
1: I think I'm fixing to fall hard at some point.
0: I don't know. I know. Like last year, we kind of won in streaks. I feel like like I would, like I would tear off like two in a row, and then you'd win a yep. couple in a row. But I, I don't think that I ever won three in a row. So I'm, I guess we'll see. But it's a big hole. That's for sure.
1: You can do it. I mean, you won't, but you could.
0: Well, we'll see. I doubt I will, <laughs> but I still enjoy having that little extra bit on the line in each of these events. It makes it. It makes it fun. I do too. Um, next up, College Fishing National Championship. So it's coming up real soon here. Same week. Same week as Hartwell. So, you know, not not next week, but the week after. On Lake Kiwi, we'll have 50-some-odd teams in it. It's uh, going to be a big-time showdown. And, of course, we've been to Kiwi before where uh, the University of Minnesota took home the title.
1: Yeah, do you want me to get Bergen to come in here and talk about it since he was a part of that team?
0: I mean, look, if you want to just do a flash interview, I, I don't have anything against it. At the same time, I was just going to ask, hey, what do you think about it if you want to get someone else on? <laughs> let's do that, too. It's your call. Oh. Uh,
1: well, I know he was he was chopping at the bit to be on the podcast and I was like,
0: uh like we don't
1: really need you on the podcast. But um
0: why don't we do this? It'll make him happy. Let's do a quick pause. Bring him on. All right, let me go get him. There you go. Who we got there, bro? You got Bergen. Oh dang.
3: Hey Jody
0: hey national champion how's it going not 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 poorly it's going well uh i was about to ask kyle what his thoughts were and what he was looking forward to in this upcoming college fishing national championship on lake kiwi uh when he mentioned that you really wanted to talk about this and we're looking forward to it an exceptional amount so (laughs) i'll ask you the same question what What's going on? What are you interested in? What are what are you fired up for in this upcoming College Fishing National Championship at Lake Kiwi?
3: Um, oh, by the way, I also, like to,
0: side note. Say. For those yeah. who don't know, we're talking now to Chris Bergen, who works at FLW, uh, does some stuff for us. Uh, also, he and his partner Austin Felix won the College Fishing National Championship on Kiwi two years ago. I'm fairly sure we made that clear, but I'm not entirely sure we made that clear.
1: And if we didn't make it clear, he might make it clear (laughs) when he's talking
0: to us. (laughs) Well, yeah, but he may not have said, like, his last name or something like that. So we got it all now.
3: Um, Kiwi's just a really cool lake to have tournaments on. It's got a huge spotted bass population, so guys can go out every day, probably catch, like, 13 pounds of spots pretty consistently, but the guys who are really going to do well um, are probably guys who will catch the largemouth. They get a little bigger. They get, like, You like probably catch, I don't know, maybe close to 20 pounds if you get on a good largemouth bite, so it's interesting that you can have a consistent consistent tournament, or you could one day swing for the fences and go catch a big bag, too, so when we When we did it, we went with the uh, consistent approach. We knew catching 13 pounds a day would probably get us right near the cut and a big cold spell hit, and we were able to catch them out deep every day. And the guys who would catch uh, 15 pounds on the first day weren't able to get a limit the second day going after those largemouth again. So it's just it sets up cool that, uh, yeah, it just sets up cool, I suppose.
1: So let me ask you this with, uh, like, have you paid attention to any recent reports or have you talked to any of the, the guys, the competitors in the field to get a feel for, like, what the lake is about right now? Do you have any, like, pulse? Because the last time we were there, like you said, it was really freaking cold. Like, coming Hartwell, I remember it More raining cold. and it was, like, 30 degrees and it was horrible. So this time, from what I hear, weather's been pretty nice. The forecast seems like it's going to be pretty nice. So do you know... Uh, how the lake is setting up now compared to when it was or when you were there?
3: Uh, I haven't actually talked to any of the competitors, but I've seen a bunch of their posts on social media, and I've seen some big spotted some big spotted bass. I mean, the biggest one we caught was maybe three and a half or something, and I saw like a four, four-something on there. So, yeah, and with this warmer weather, I think the largemouth bite is going to be a little better. So I think our total was like 36 pounds what won it. But I'm guessing it's going to be even more. Did Just you see around. that
0: picture of the 8-pound largemouth? No, I
3: did I'm, not. I'm pretty sure I forwarded it to you.
0: But anyhow, a team, and I unfortunately forget their name at the moment, but they caught an 8-pounder this last weekend in practice. Wow. Um, it's a pretty big-looking fish. It, to me, didn't look quite 8 pounds, but I think some of their angles could have been a little bit better to make it definitely look 8 pounds, but it was mm. a hog. Thing. So that's I'm just really throwing that in as extra information.
3: That's quite the kicker fish.
0: Just yeah. Yeah. Um so for people who don't maybe know, uh like how big is Kiowi? Cuz it's not a giant lake like Hartwell where you can go and get lost on it, but it's still it did you ever run into areas where you were sharing water or stuff like that or is it pretty much you there's it's a small enough field and a big enough lake that you can go hide.
3: Um it's a pretty small fishery and it can fish small. We we were out deep and there wasn't very many people doing that so we really never shared water, but one of the days we had our limit and then went to go in shallow tried to catch a big kicker, large mouth. And so we went back into one of these coves and I think we were sharing water with about four other teams in there. So depending on what tactic you're using, you can have a lot of like to yourself or it, it can be real crowded.
0: Okay. Is there any grass in there or no? It's all just rock and logs and docks and stuff.
3: Yeah. I don't think there's much grass fishing.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, now, when you were there, was there anything... I know there's a uh, there's a warm water discharge of some sort in the lake. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I imagine probably quite a few guys were fishing around that because those things tend to concentrate fishermen as much as they concentrate fish. Correct. Um, is that... Is that a place that you think someone could catch good fish in during the tournament or win a tournament out of? Or is it a place that just gets too much pressure and thus is not a factor?
3: Um, The day one leaders, that's where they caught their fish when we were there. So people are going to fish it for sure. Okay. It's going to happen. I'd recommend it.
0: <laughs> All right. Recommends going against the winning tactic to win. I like
3: it things change you know
0: yeah now i'll be curious to see with the warmer weather and what happens and if we do see some big largemouth come out to play i think that'd be the most interesting wild card i expect you guys will have a well not you guys but there will be a lot more people fishing offshore considering the history of the lake now also what is, people know has happened at you know places like Hartwell in years past but i guess we'll have to see
3: yeah, I think there will. There's a lot of structure out there, a lot of points, humps, all that kind of thing out there, brush piles out there too. So teams will do a lot of graphing, I'm sure, in the practice time. But I think more guys will be out. People are better with their electronics now than they were two years ago. So I think the deeper deeper stuff will come into play more.
0: Excellent. Uh, Kyle, do you have any more uh, questions for Bergen here?
3: Are there bluebacks in there? There are.
1: Ooh. And the one thing I want to know, but you probably won't know, but I'm just going to say this as a general point anyway. Um, I know Hartwell is a lake that the fish spawn, like, really quick in. Like, they don't waste time, like, dinking around. They pull up, they do their thing, and they turn around and leave. Um, And I'm I'm working on a pre-practice report thing for the tour event, and a lot of guys were mentioning that. A lot of the local guys were saying that they don't really want it to stay warm leading up to that tournament because those fish are liable to pull up and spawn, and it'll throw a huge wrench in the thing because then you'll have, like, post-spawn fish. There'll still be fish out deep, but they said it can kind of make things kind of wacky, and I would only imagine that Kiwi being so close could maybe reflect that uh, to an extent. I know – I think Kiwi probably – tends to be a slightly warmer lake right with the discharge so that could also play into it i just thought that was an interesting note that uh so many of the local guys for hartwell were concerned about how quickly fish will pull up and spawn and they didn't want that so that could be kind of a weird dynamic for the college thing as well
3: you know i'm not sure how quick they spawn like that i'm sure it's a little different but we didn't do a whole lot of trying to catch spawning fish but When we did, they were just, they were, like, warm. We were just roaming around, like, looking to spawn. And it was actually incredibly frustrating because you'd see, like, a five-pounder swim past you, and just there's nothing you could do. They are just bombing, like, wacky rig Senkos out there trying to catch them. But, yeah, they were roaming around for a couple days in there looking to spawn, but we never saw any beds.
1: And, again, weather's a little different this time around, but I think that'll be something kind of cool to keep an eye on. And as we continue talking to the college guys... Maybe find out. Maybe you maybe you could learn a little something about the lake that you conquered once. Maybe yeah,
0: not. possibly. Uh, on the note of fish sticking around or not, Lake Norman, which seems to maybe not be as much like these other lakes as we would like to say, I know that I've caught I've had bed fish stick around there from anywhere from like a few hours to I would say like three days. Um, so I don't know about that. Also, I found fish on beds in January in the hot holes in Norman, which is kind of ridiculous, but they'll do crazy things. So, I don't know, that's I'm just throwing that out there.
1: That is crazy.
0: It was it was the weirdest thing. I was in like totally 100% bundled up and the water was like 60 degrees in the hot hole and there was a fish on a bed. I was like, "Well, you got to be kidding me." <laughs> Did you catch it? No, cuz I saw it in prefish and I was like, "Well, I'll just come back and try and catch it tomorrow. (laughs) And then it was gone. (laughs) So it didn't help me out very much. Uh, Apparently not. But it was like a three pounder. So it was one I wanted to have, you know. Sure. I would have liked it for it to have stayed. Cool. Well, Bergen, pleasure having you on as usual. Um,
3: Glad to be back. It's been a while.
0: Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. And uh, best of luck with the rest of your day. You as well. Now
1: get out of my office, Bergen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are a hundred percent off track, but I feel like we probably previewed the college fishing national championship much better than we would have otherwise.
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. There we go. Whew. Drop my mic for a second. Don't worry. We're back. Awesome. Did you hear anything that I said? Uh, something about being back off track, but then my headphones popped out when my microphone fell, and, uh, I didn't recover as smoothly as I thought I would.
0: All right. So, we got, obviously, so we got pretty off track there, I, I would say. Definitely off the agenda. But oh, sure. not a bad thing. I think we probably ended up previewing the College Fishing National Championship better than we would have otherwise. Definitely. Shall we move on? We shall. Or are there any topics that you want to bring up that you missed out uh, on bringing up? Um, no. Okay. Sounds if like I think point. of
1: them, I'll bring them back up.
0: Um, I wanted to make a note of a tweet that Shin sent last week. Um, he, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and read it. Per Shin's tweet. Our hearts are heavy today. We lost the one of Japanese legendary fishermen and founder and designer of Kaitech, Mr. Kaichi Hayashi, R.I.P. And then I went and I read a little bit more about it, and it turns out uh, Hayashi was born, he was born in 1959 in Tokyo, so that makes him only, like, 56 years old, which, pretty young. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely was not an expected death. And he, I mean, from what I can tell, he invented Kaitech and Kaitech swing impacts which one interesting thing i can he was i would say somewhat famous for flipping in japan which you don't really think of Kaitech as making flipping baits but mm-hmm. it seems like that was a thing over there and it's also interesting that I, it seemed like a lot of people in japan were kind of proud of how popular Kaitech swim baits are In the U.S. And like out at Shasta, Kytex are like Senkos, like regular people buy them off the shelf to go fishing with because they know (laughs) they're that good. (laughs) So it's obviously becoming a big deal over here. And it's, I don't know. It's sad that someone that into fishing and that key to helping me catch like a bajillion more fish than I would have caught otherwise (laughs) died. Absolutely. But I don't know. It was kind of cool to learn a little bit more, a little bit, Learn a little bit more about fishing. Yeah, for sure. Um, and honestly, there is a pretty good article. Uh, I guess sort of an obituary at I'm going to say tacklenews.net, uh, and I'll probably link it in the podcast because I, I would say it's an interesting one to go to click Google Translate through and to go to go read and peruse. It's it's a I learned I definitely learned some things.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd love to read that
0: cool well you can uh, you can read it it's right in the show notes oh um, but uh it's definitely it was an interesting read, and i would say if you're interested to learn a little bit more uh, go through and skim and if you speak japanese uh and you can translate it for me just please do that because that would help me tremendously because uh, mm. google translate is good but not perfect <laughs> um but moving on to other subjects uh, we've got some BFL events right Kyle yeah
1: we had us uh, we had two BFLs over the weekend the first was a bulldog division event uh, Byron Kenny of Griffin Georgia won that one um, was Definitely sixteen pounds a former college fisherman yeah uh, sixteen pounds seven ounces uh, to take home that one won a cool forty seven hundred dollars um, he kind of just like Basically, he fished some new water and some ditches for spotted bass early in the morning, like 8 to 30 feet deep. Like, I assume it's back at Creek Arms. Uh, caught some on a fish head spin. Then, later in the day, he moved up shallower and started chunking around a Strike King KBD, the heavy cover squarebill, uh, silent. Caught himself a five-pounder, and that about sealed the deal for him. And, uh, yeah. Oh, also, this event was presented by PowerPole, which is kind of cool. Some of our BFLs.
0: Getting some presenting sponsor action. Heck, yeah. Yeah, baby. Bring it on.
1: Uh, so that was the first. The second one was a North Carolina division event. Oh, I never yeah. did say where the Bulldog tournament was. That was on Lake Lanier, by the way. Yes. I so, almost forgot.
0: Some big spotted bass and also some largemouth.
1: Yes. Uh, but then, North Carolina event on Lake Norman. Big spotted bass and
0: also some largemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: David Wright, who, uh, if you everything. pay attention yeah, to the North Carolina division, crushes it, uh, <laughs> caught 15 pounds, 11 ounces, to take home the victory there, won almost six grand, which is pretty sweet. Uh, he basically targeted um, rocky banks and some dirty water on the upper end of the lake. And fished several different crankbaits. Uh, didn't really mention the crankbaits, but he liked the chartreuse color in muddy water and olive, uh, like an olive color in the clearer water. Um, and he just fished it pretty slow, caught about 15 keepers, um, caught some largemouth, caught some spots. And he said normally he weighs in all spotted bass, so that was kind of interesting. And, yeah, squeaked out the win. So congrats to you, David.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty – I mean, he won by, like, about a pound, which is, you know, a pretty good chunk on Norman because uh, mm-hmm. usually that's a very tight tournament. Yes. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, you look – in if you look uh, from 24th to 15th, it was all different guys weighing 12 pounds, and then from thirteen to 6th, it was all different guys weighing thirteen something. So, yep. Pretty, uh, pretty tight place to fish. Um, but definitely, congratulations to him on the win. Because the talent in that division, the talent in all the divisions is really good. But that uh, North Carolina division has some, uh, got some sticks in it. Oh man, does it! Although, th- from what I can tell, Thrift didn't either not fish that tournament. Uh, yeah, he did not fish that event. So, Shane LaHue did. How he, did he, how 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 do? how did LaHoo do? <laughs>
1: Lou, how'd LaHoo, do? Uh,
0: LaHoo did uh, he got himself forty second? All right, well, I guess that's that's not up to his usual standard, to be honest. No, but not too bad, all not things bad considered. All. Um, we got a uh, we got one email to to touch on here, correct? Yeah, we do. Uh, it was brought up
1: uh, per past conversations about flipping rods and guys winning tournaments um, like Hallman won with some some custom-made rods. Uh, Mark, our old buddy Mark, wanted to know a little more about how to build rods and how to go about doing that kind of stuff. So uh, we're not going to dive into that this week, unfortunately, Mark. However, uh, hopefully next week we're going to get someone lined up uh, to talk to you I get, uh, we're going to try to get Bob McCamey from Mudhole. Hole. Um, I've talked to him several times. Cool dude, knows a lot about it. So we could kind of pick his brain about uh, what you need to get set up if you're new to it. Uh, you know, how long it takes, how easy it is. John Cox tells me all the time that it's a piece of cake because he whips them up in his hotel room at night. So I feel like if John Cox can whip a rod up, uh, you know, in his hotel room after being on the water all day. And build it effectively enough that it works the next day for him, it can't
0: be that hard. Man, I I think he's probably got a lot better skills than I do because I remember when I did it, it took me an awful long time. But <laughs> we will uh, we will see, I suppose.
1: Yeah, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get to the bottom of it. So uh, hopefully next week we'll have Bob from Mud Hole on and we'll learn a little bit about how to uh, build a rod and pick blanks and all that cool
0: stuff. All righty. Well, this weekend it's our first big BFL weekend of the year. Um, we've got, uh, six events, um, on Saturday, uh, the choo-choo division, I believe this is, it's not their kickoff, they already had one, it was in terrible weather, uh, but they, uh, they fish Lake Gunnersville. the Gator division fishes on Toho, uh, the LBL division, uh, fishes on Kentucky Lake, they go out of the dam, so I gotta decide if I wanna go fishing on Saturday or not, or if I, maybe I wanna run over to Barkley or what I wanna do there, um, and then, uh, the Mississippi division fishes, uh, Ross Barnett and the South Carolina division heads to Clarks Hill. So all six full slate, lots of action, hopefully tons of fish should be. And I would say pretty decent chance. They break a hundred pounds, even though it's with six events. I don't think they're going to break 150. Like we thought that one we could that one weekend. In average, yeah. twenty five. I don't think that's yeah. happening. No. Uh, but we will. Uh, we will see. Um, we shall. Kyle, you got anything else to hit on here? You had any th- interesting things happening in your life lately? Well, uh, not really.
1: I did. I don't think I brought this up last time. Did I mention that I went to the Mississippi River? You did do I tell, tell? You that.
0: No, no. Please. So A lot, do tell.
1: I, I made it out there, man. This couple Fridays ago. It was like a very last minute decision in the office. And I was like, you know what? I got, I have Rod sitting in the corner of my office. I got some waders in the back of my truck. I'm going to the river. So I left at like three, went to the river and, uh, fished for, I don't know, probably an hour and a half, maybe. We Um, talking
0: like up North a little bit
1: where it's, uh, yeah, by Monticello. Yep. Where, where it's open. And it was a nice, beautiful afternoon uh i caught a pike and three little smallies uh, bergen actually tagged along with me because um, i wrangled up an extra pair of waders for him and he didn't catch anything which i assumed was going to happen
0: gosh you'd think the national champion would be catching <laughs> him though right
1: <laughs> yeah he lost i don't know how many dollars worth of kitex but it was kind of cool you know i mentioned i'd never done that before and it it was literally one of those last-minute things where I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go do this. So went up there, caught me a couple smallmouths, and uh, it was a pretty cool time. All right, I can dig
0: it. Any no big smallmouth though, just the little guys.
1: No, yeah, they were all like pound and a halfers. I mean, it was still cool. Uh, the current was rolling like a lot, and I've never been up there, so I don't really know how fast the current normally is, but it was ripping. So, um, and I didn't have a whole lot of time, so I didn't really venture that far from the ramp, but I found one cool little current seam that I caught all, I caught all three of them out of, and then I just kind of kept milking that thing for a while. I did lose, I believe one good one. Uh, uh so I was throwing a quarter ounce, uh, Buckeye J-Will swimbait head with mm-hmm. a swing impact fat on it. Uh, the 4.8 size.
0: Man, the current really must have been cooking.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it was. It was ripping pretty good through the the stretch I was in, but I basically was like throwing straight upstream of me, and then um, I just kind of like slow wind it, and you could feel that swim bait ticking along the rocks. And then when you almost get hung up, I'd basically just speed the speed my reel up, speed my retrieve, yep. and kick that swim bait off the bottom. And that's usually when I got bit, but you wouldn't really know uh it almost was like they were eating it and going with the current so a lot of times they'd come at you uh so it'd feel kind of weird until they turned and then like your rod would load up well the one i missed was like i came over a rock and i sped it up and i absolutely got throttled i mean it was like boom you know Dang. loaded the rod up i leaned back for like two seconds i had it but i was almost up like almost over my waders in the water and the rocks were real slippery so i I started like kind of going <laughs> in, and then it looked. It probably looked really squirrely, but uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a hook in her, and never saw it. But I know it was bigger than that pound and a half, or, But it was still cool. It was it probably catfish to stretch the line. Ah, let's call it a catfish. That feels, you know, yeah. That's that's right. That was de- it was definitely a catfish. I didn't lose a big smallmouth.
0: Guaranteed so, catfish. Yeah.
1: For yep. Hundred percent. Maybe a walleye.
0: Oh yeah, you it could have been a walleye. Yeah. Hey.
1: It, I'm fine. Yeah, good call, Jody, good call.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I went out, I, I didn't fish Sunday because there was 25-mile-an-hour winds and I had stuff to do. Um, <laughs> and, good. like, if I hadn't had anything to do, you know, I maybe would have gone out. Because 25-mile-an-hour winds, I mean, they're terrible in Kentucky Lake, but, you know, can poke around in coves and stuff. But, anyhow, so I didn't go Sunday, but I went Saturday. And I just caught a little limit. I didn't do anything special. Um, I probably had like 10 or 11 pounds and pretty much just threw a trap the whole time, just trying to find fish that were moving up shallow and hoping that I would, you know, hit one good little pocket. And I hit one good little pocket where there were fish, but they seemed to all be small because I went through, I worked through one way and I lost one that I thought was a good one that I do think was probably a bass, unfortunately, but (laughs) you know everything else there was small you know they were like little pound and a half two pounders so he was kind of yeah it could have been better i suppose um but i'll fish this weekend and i'll get in two days and hopefully uh go out and crack them
1: yeah i was gonna say you'll uh you'll be chasing them this weekend right
0: yeah i mean we got the bfl going on this weekend and i'm not quite sure how i feel about whether i should fish just in Kentucky Lake or whether I should run over to Barkley or if I should do something else, I'll probably just put the boat in and fish in Kentucky Lake and say, you know what? It's my lake as much as anybody else's. I'm not taking up too many fish. If somebody wants to like roll in on me while they're fishing a tournament, I don't mind. I'll just wave them on in. Be like, come on, bud, go catch you some fish. Sure. Sure. Um, and uh, sort of, you know, we'll just sort of see, but yeah, Saturday, Sunday. And I, I think the weather's supposed to be really pretty nice. Like, I think we're looking at uh, some sort of 60s and just prime uh, prime fishing stuff, which... i I tell you what, man. It's supposed
1: to be, like, almost 60 up here this weekend. It's going to be real nice.
0: Yeah, so Saturday it says it's going to be 62 with an 11-mile-an-hour west wind. Sunday, 59, 10-mile-an-hour east wind. So <laughs> I don't really know what the wind is doing there, but... Either way, an east or a west wind is a pretty good thing on Kentucky Lake in my in my estimation, because it actually tends to stay pretty true, and you can just end up running one bank and be uh, and it can be calm, and then you know, whereas a south or a north wind is not a fun deal. Right. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Uh, so not I cool. I think it could be a good weekend, and hopefully could catch some fish. It's been pretty nice this week; it hasn't been real super cold. We got daffodils blooming and stuff like that, so it might be not bad.
1: Hey, yeah, I hear you. I'm actually gonna be I won't be in a boat, but I'm gonna be uh up at the cabin with my old man, getting uh, his boat ready to roll, and uh maybe take up north to the Rainy River next weekend to chase sturgeons.
0: Oh, baby.
1: I know. Let the hog fest begin.
0: I am I am stoked. I can't wait Hashtag to
1: Hashtag take... Sturgeon Excursion sixteen.
0: Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. That's a good that's a good hashtag.
1: Oh yeah, I'm getting shirts made. So, I'm wait, pretty really? Fun. Oh yeah, dude. You I want did.
0: one? <laughs> I kind of want one. The problem is, I don't think I can get a hashtag sturgeon excursion six, sixteen shirt if I don't actually go on the excursion.
1: Well, I would you, you might be an honorary guest of just your love for hogs. Um, oh,
0: man, I would like to catch a sturgeon someday. They're so cool.
1: We'll we'll get you hooked up. You come up here. We could do it in the fall, like September if you if you make your way up this way
0: i could wander up there in september i think or even october well i think we'll keep it in mind but i would say right now don't worry too much about the sturgeon excursion shirts for me <laughs> uh, all right i won't but you know don't kill yourself on it and hopefully you uh hopefully maybe even wet a line this weekend i mean if you're going to be going doing body related things it might just get to you might be like man i gotta go fishing
1: Yeah, I'll probably go ice fishing. The thing is, like, now Minnesota walleye and pike season's closed, so you can panfish, like crappies and stuff.
0: Yeah, late ice panfish there.
1: Yeah, so I can go try to catch me some big crappies. I might go wrangle with some trout, because part of me kind of wants to eat a trout. So I might go see if I can find one.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure talking, as usual. I'm glad we we had some time to sort of chill and banter and talk about random stuff this time around, which is always fun. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to uh if uh, you're wanting to follow uh kyle or i on instagram uh, kyle is kyle lumber i am uh jody blanco flw of course is uh flw fishing on periscope instagram twitter facebook flw uh flw official on snapchat of course it's a cool place to be um I can't think of any other places we are except YouTube where uh, later this week, I think, we'll have a good shaky head video with Greg Gutierrez uh, about how to catch, you know, some shaky head spots. Um, cool. I think you'll probably learn something. You'll see quite a few fish catches because you can't keep them off the hook at Shasta.
1: <laughs> um, unless you're Mark
0: Daniels. <laughs> unless you're Mark Daniels. <laughs> Gosh, I cannot believe that. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, I think that should to do it, man.
1: You know, I think it does, and uh, like you said, it's a pleasure. Have fun catching hogs this weekend, or attempting to, and uh, we'll get with you next week, man. See ya.